0: Even if somebody's just like, yo, I just want to let you know, I appreciate you. Like, you're super helpful. I don't know who this person is. They're getting value out of what we're doing, and that means we're changing lives constantly. And we are live. We got a rapid fire Q and A today, guys.
1: Got a lot of good questions from Cody's Instagram that came in that were worthy.
0: Yeah, and some of them aren't even questions. We're just gonna we're gonna uh, crank this one out. Full transparency, it is a crazy busy week. Um, I'm gonna shout out and say a few random fucking things before we dive into this, but uh, it's a crazy week. So we are we pulled up my Instagram. Uh, we got I just posted, so we don't have a ton of questions. It was actually perfect because we can actually keep the podcast to a normal length and we'll, we'll go through these. Um, I'll probably answer them on Instagram too. So if you're not following me on Instagram at Cody McBroom, make sure you're following me. If you are new to the podcast, this is the Tara Life podcast where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, life, personal development, um, all kinds of things. We are building this up to be more than just a fitness and nutrition podcast. So... Thank you for being here. If you're a returning listener, thank you as well. Make sure you leave a rating and review. And a couple quick things to note, uh, YouTube. We want you guys to go check out the YouTube, youtube.com slash McBroom one the number. Uh, we just put out uh, a week ago, maybe as this is airing, uh, a video yep. basically announcing my, my show prep. It's super quick, it's four minutes, so it's, it's really quick. To the point, vlog-style video talking about why I'm doing a contest prep uh, in October uh, at Summer Shredding with Christian Guzman and all those guys out in Houston. Uh, Very nervous, very excited, though, and we're putting out episode two. We're not going to call it episode two, but second one of this uh, journey. uh, Yeah, journey. There you go, because it's not really a series, but we're going to be documenting and educating along the way, so you can kind of follow along my journey best there. Um, This podcast will probably bring it up randomly, but... For If you really want to follow along from me taking this crazy prep journey from now to October to get absolutely shredded and step on stage, learn about the fat loss, the muscle growth, the recovery, my hormones, like everything I go through along the way, that is a place to go because we'll actually be doing updates and I'll be educating you guys on what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, why my coach is doing what he's doing, so on and so forth. Um, and we're going to upload those every couple of weeks. So go check that out. Uh, watch the first one we dropped explaining why and then the second one's going to be out In uh, just a few days after you hear this, I'm assuming, um, uh, and we're going to be talking about the early stages of this, which is actually a gaining phase, which is going to be cool. So you'll see a day of eating of how I eat when I am trying to gain muscle, fill out before a diet actually starts is kind of like the classic primer phase we take our clients through where you're really just trying to, you know, establish maintenance, improve sleep, improve training, recovery, uh, optimize your metabolism, fill up your muscle glycogen stores, and then Have a lot of fuel and energy and and be in a good physiological state, physical state, mental state before you dive into the serious cut. It just preps your body. So we're going to dive into that and explain it. Um, And you'll get to see a little bit of the week, which has been nuts, man. We had two WWE wrestlers here at the HQ on Monday to train and hang out. Not just ordinary wrestlers. Yeah, like two of the top dogs, literally. So which is really cool um, to have them in person uh, and, and actually hang out with them in person for the first time because everything's been remote for me with them. Um, Corbin's 6'9", so he just towers over me. <laughs> I, didn't re- I mean, I knew how tall he was, but you don't really know until you see them, you know? Um, but that was a blast. And then uh, I've been having a ton of meetings, getting some new clients on this week. The team has been ramping up. Um, we have a lot of content to shoot. So it's just been nonstop. I got stuff going on with the suppliers. So we have a big shipment coming in. Samples should be here soon, too, for the next drop. So you guys are going to be hearing some stuff about uh, TLA soon, Tailored Life Apparel, because we're, we're back in action. And we took a little hiatus to really just make quality better, make the systems better, make it more of an established brand, because this isn't just a hobby for us; it's something we want to really create and and last. So we have to make sh- sure shit is right before we just start like throwing random stuff out there. So excited about that, and you guys will get more and more updates and all that. Um, and last but not least, the Taylor Transformations podcast, which will be airing very soon as well. Um, we're we're going to be airing that starting May second. So just mark your calendars for that. We'll we'll make sure that you guys hear about it here on May first because that's a Monday. And that's when these airs, but every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, most likely every single week, if not at least once a week, but we're going to have episodes twice a week for quite a while to start out. And that's on the Taylor transformations podcast, where we talk about our coaches and our clients stories. So you're going to hear from every coach on the staff, their transformation journey. And we're going to bring a new client on the show every single week to talk about their transformation journey of losing fat, building muscle, changing their mindset, just complete transformations. Um, And here it from their mouth, hear their story personally while working through it with one of the coaches on our on our team on the podcast. So, very very excited for that. May second, be on the lookout so that you guys can subscribe to that. So, Amen. Um, that was a mouthful, but I wanted to bring all that up so you guys are in the loop and you guys are ready for what's to come. And now we can get into the actual Yo, questions, get, feedback,
1: whatever. Let's get into the questions. We got a uh, quick one here. It says, "How long does it take?" For you to lose fat, macro symptoms to appear. How long does it take to... These are going to be funny because it's all... How long (laughs) does it take for two low fat macro symptoms to appear?
0: Mm. I I got what they're saying. I'll reframe it. But these are going to be funny because they have to fit in that little bubble on Instagram. Um, So how long does it take for negative biofeedback to start happening when following a low fat macro diet? Is what I believe they're saying. Because they're saying fallen macros, low fat, when do the symptoms come? So the reason they're saying this is because typically if you have a low-fat diet, you are going to get some negative biofeedback symptoms from a physiological perspective, right? So hormones. uh, Because fats are very important for supporting your hormones uh, from a health perspective. How long it takes depends on how much body fat you have stored in your body. So fat in general, um, and there's a lot of reasons for this. This is because, uh, so like, um, this is where the term steroid gets taken from, but cholesterol is, is where steroids derive from the word because cholesterol is something that actually helps create testosterone and steroids and stuff, uh, like steroid-based hormones, sex hormones in our body. Um, vitamin D is actually one of those. Um, I don't know why it's, there's been a lot of doctors say like it shouldn't even be called a vitamin because it's, it's actually like a, a steroid-based yeah. like hormone. Um, uh, but how long does it take? Well, it depends because the body fat stored on your body helps store and produce more Uh, hormones. So if, if you look at like reds, relative energy deficit syndrome in sport, um, that is something that happens when people are training too hard, they're on low calorie diets, but primarily when they are doing those things and have an extremely low body fat level, it's primarily found in women. Um, which is what causes the female athlete triad, which is where they have um, some bone degradation issues, uh, hormonal issues, amenorrhea, so they lose their period, so on and so forth. And it stems from this. And this happens because they're extremely low on body fat. So the reason I say this is because if you're somebody who has 20 pounds of body fat to lose and you go on a low fat diet and you're getting next to nothing, it's going to take a while for those symptoms to occur compared to somebody who is already lean. So if you have somebody who has five pounds of fat to lose versus somebody who has 25 pounds of fat to lose, and they both follow a low fat diet, the person who only has five pounds of fat to lose is going to experience those symptoms sooner. The other aspect is men versus women. Men can get to a lower body fat level without having those issues compared to women. Um, This is partially because women have more areas to store body fat. I mean, boobs, for example, that's body fat. They also need it more for reproduction and so on and so forth. So Um, It might happen faster to a female than a male. Um, It also depends on your calories. So before we can even consider fats causing negative symptoms in a diet, we have to also understand that your body fat levels and calories are going to cause those symptoms first. So if you're really low in body fat levels, you can have a high fat intake. But if you have a a high, uh, let's say you have a high fat intake, but you're still not at maintenance or or above in calories, so you're not gaining any weight and you're too lean – You're still going to have those negative symptoms from low fat, but it's not because you have a low fat diet. It's because you have low body fat levels, too low body fat levels. On the other side, if you go on a moderate or a high fat diet, like you're getting enough fat, but you're in an extreme deficit and you're at the tail end, so you're pretty low in body fat, you're also going to experience those symptoms because, yeah, you're getting enough fat in the diet, but your body fat levels are too low and your calories are low. So if you're following a low calorie diet, those are bound to happen. The reason I preface it like that is because, you got to kind of expect those things if you're going to diet. It's going to happen to me. Like there's going to be a point during my prep where I'm, my testosterone is going to drop, cortisol's is going to be higher, thyroid function is going to be slower. This is why, which the whole, like the more I learn about hormones and all this stuff, the whole steroid thing actually just, it, it's funny because a lot of safe using steroid using like bodybuilders use steroids that are doing it like in a safer manner where like they're not the people that are going to croak over and die because they're actually smart with it and they have a doctor watching it. They take stuff uh, like they take thyroid, they take T3, T4, they take a thyroid steroid, but yeah. it's just a hormone in order to improve their thyroid health because that's a main hormone that regulates metabolism and that hormone is going to drop while you're dieting and getting low body fat. But how many women are taking thyroid prescription medicine and nobody says you're on steroids? You know what I mean? Like it's kind of funny, but- TRT same thing. They take testosterone when their testosterone dips and or they're trying to go into super physiological levels. They take these things when they're suppressed. So um and now there's other ones like uh tren and clen and deca. These are those are like those are more dangerous. <laughs> like you don't want to take those. Um but I mean, most people don't want to take any of them, so I'm not <laughs> suggesting it. Uh, but the point is, is when you diet and you get really aggressive, most of them are going to drop regardless. So how long does it take? It depends on your body fat levels, depends on the calorie uh, deficit you're in, and it depends on how long you're in that deficit. Um, and, and that's that. I mean, uh, for example, I follow a really low fat diet compared to what most people would follow when I'm maintaining or trying to gain muscle to the point where people would say like, that's probably too low of fat. And I would agree, but because I'm not in a deficit, it doesn't negatively impact me. When I go into a deficit, I would actually bring up my fat. So one of the things we did already is start to bring my fats up because we know a deficit's in the near future. Who's we? Uh, Me and my coach. Okay. So um, to start, and we want to eat more right now because I have a month or two to try to put on some size. But the point is, is if we're trying to gain a lot of muscle, I would rather have a low-fat, super high-carb diet. It's not as easy to adhere to, so you got to be flexible at times and not always stick to that every day. But that's going to be way more conducive, in my opinion, for muscle growth. Because since you're not in a deficit, you don't have to worry about your hormones. But if you're going in a deficit, you do. And it's going to happen sooner if you go too low fat. So it all depends. But if you get at least 0.3 grams per pound, that's more than enough to support your hormones. And if you're in a deficit, um, it's probably going to be fine as well. It's just going to its only a matter of time before it takes place. For sure. So um, to answer your question, I'm not going to answer your question at all. Cause I didn't give you a single number mm-hmm. <laughs> of how long. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everybody's different. A few weeks at least, I would say.
1: Yeah. Cool. The next question will come. It says, how do you stay so consistent with your content?
0: Mm. Um, we're busy as fuck. <laughs> it's literally like... I mean, if you think about, like, our conversation right before we started this podcast. Yeah. Like, walk in the office. Like, I hear you ready from over the wall? I'm like, yep. And I like finish what I'm doing, walk in here, sit down. We're like talking about content, planning the YouTube thing. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to have a call. So let's hit record. Boom. And we start, you know, so a lot of it is structured. It's structured. Um, I think, I, I like, I want to say it could be more structured, but the reality is, is like, you can never be perfect with time blocks. Yeah. That's like assuming like, I'm not going to have a single conversation with anybody unless it's time. block. Like, that's just stupid. You yeah. Know? There's times where we're shooting the shit on content and we just keep feeding off each other. So why would we stop that? Yeah. And it might blur the line of those time blocks. But, um, I think that the best advice I could give to anybody, I mean, I can tell you why I think I'm consistent with it why we're consistent with it. And then I can share like what I would give advice for. And then you can kind of chime in and give your advice too. But I think the reason for me personally that I'm consistent is number one, first and foremost is it's a passion. Like I truly have a passion, not just for coaching, not just for fitness and nutrition, but also for creating content. I think that you have to really like, so for example, we just had Mike Dole on and Mike Dole talked about, he never did that. It's because he didn't have a passion for creating content. He had a passion for fitness, nutrition, coaching, but not content. Yeah. So I think, if you're going to be extremely consistent, you have to have a serious passion. And I think that the only way for whatever you're doing hundred percent. And if you're going to use content to build your business, build your name, you have to be passionate about it. Every huge influencer or person that has a, uh, I was listening to Bradley Martin's podcast this morning and he had, it was him. It's an older episode. I mean like a month probably, but him, Christian Guzman, and then whoever was one of the founders of Jim shark. And Bradley and Christian started, they create were content creators that turned into business owners. And Gymshark guy was a business owner that turned into a content creator. Mm. So it was cool to hear the perspective. And the reality is, is they followed their passion. The 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 guy that started with business, he had a passion for uh fitness and business. Christian and and Bradley had a passion for fitness and content. And then eventually you got to learn how to make it something. But you got to follow your passion. So for me, I'm super passionate about it. Um, the other aspect is is there's got to be value, and I think if you are passionate, you deliver a lot of value. Then people give you feedback about how valuable it is. And when you get that feedback, like I decided to start sharing little screenshots of messages I get on my yeah. story lately, just so people could see. Like, and those are the kind of things that actually make me like. I get those. I get one every single day at least, and and so, which is cool because now I can share one a day. Yeah. But like, those are the things that motivate me to do more because even if somebody's just like, yo, I just want to let you know, I appreciate you. Like you're super helpful, super small, like, but I don't know who this person is. They're getting value out of what we're doing. And that means we're changing lives constantly. You know, nine times out of 10, it's people that are listening or watching or reading the content that you and I create together. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know, like, that's a cool fucking thing. And when you, when you create a lot of value, it it translates into that. And that feedback makes you feel really good. And then you want to give more. So uh, i think it's got to be valuable it's got to be um something you're passionate about and then as far as like advice the only advice i would give that i think has helped us is um whether people realize we're doing it or not we document our journey you know and there's some people who are like like gary v document is like cameras with him 24/7 we're not necessarily on that level but if you even think about the super educational stuff i do it's still documenting my journey because it's what, it's, it's what I do. Yeah. It's, it's what I'm teaching clients. It's how we're teaching clients. It's how we're changing lives. It's what I'm teaching my team. And so when you, when people can see, like I had some people DM me after they saw the sign and they're like, man, I've been following you. I've known you for almost 10 years. Like it's super cool. Like if you do it for long enough and you just keep sharing your story, you keep sharing your wins, you keep teaching and educating and you just show little clips of, your, you know, I'm training, I'm eating, I'm my family, all this stuff. People follow along and dude, in a decade from now. Like uh, to me, I have zero doubt in saying that it's going to be my personal brand and TCM itself. And then whatever we have, you know, in the tailored empire, tailored trainer, tailored life, they're all going to be huge because I've, I've been constantly willing to share and we've evolved together as content creators and we're going to be able to document it more. And then once the scale grows, that's when we're going to be able to have a team of content creators with us. And that's where it's going to be unstoppable. Totally. But document empire.
1: Yeah. I love that more than umbrella. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's move on. Uh, Do you we have got, any tips to
0: share outside of what I just, Oh,
1: I mean, my first instinct was, uh, planning and executing like planning is just huge. I mean, yeah. you can't just every day wake up and just plan or, uh, make content on, on, you know, on the top of your head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, you can, but we have all of our content planned out, Yeah, you know, and it's just so easy to
0: execute when you know what you're doing. Yeah. Matt, you know what I got to add to, I think number one, like at first, I think, so you have to have intentions of bringing somebody on to help you eventually if you want to take content seriously. There's some people listening to this that, that don't want to take content to the level we want to, but if you do, you need to have somebody on board. Mm. You can't do all this shit without a Travis. Mm. You just can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And before you have a Travis, you have to not give a fuck what people well, think. I think you could do it without me, but you can't do what, you can't do the other side of the business. No. You just gotta. And therefore, you won't be able to afford to do. Okay. You know what I mean? Touche. Yeah. I, I really think that no matter, even every content creator you see, that there was a certain point where they had to bring somebody on. And so I think I probably actually brought you on sooner than a lot of the big content creators brought somebody on full time only because I was a coach. So there was actually like a revenue driven business versus yeah. they were just content creators. And then eventually something like a clothing brand or a something yeah. or something popped yeah. out of it. But before you have that, you also can't care what people think because there was a long time where people, you know, two people watched or friends give you shit or like, what are you doing, bro? Like stop. Or like the video sucks. and You're kind of embarrassed. Like you just have to keep doing it and just not caring. Totally. And then eventually it gets really good or people see the value. And then eventually you can bring somebody on and the quality goes up. And then when you have that person, you have to make sure that they are on the same page as you, because you and I know what we're after from a content perspective. So if I'm struggling with a hook or struggling with what to talk about or how to shoot a video, or anything you can start like saying stuff that triggers the the thought process because you know what we're trying to do yeah right and you can bring that out i mean there's especially with youtube man that's honestly youtube is probably the hardest platform but filming videos uh unnaturally is very difficult which is nice about what we're doing right now is because it is like the the intro was super dope i love the intro of the last video yeah And it was cool because you were like, dude, you need to get excited. Like, because I did an intro and you were like, bro, that's boring. Come on. Get excited. Like, this is dope. And I literally started slapping myself because that's what Tony Robbins does. And I said, I need to get my Tony Robbins on. I wasn't even, like, that wasn't an intro. That was me talking to Travis. I just didn't know the camera was fucking going. Mm -hmm. But it worked perfectly. And he knows, like, the natural, authentic aspect does way better with me. And, like, it was able to create something really cool out of it. Yeah. You know? So, you got to have somebody who's on the same page as you is, is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah.
1: But... I wish that you would have executed YouTube instead of Instagram. And I know like, I don't know, man. Cause like you, your whole personal brand would be oh, so yeah. big, dude. I, I, it's likable. It's fucking, ho- I mean, there's humor in yeah. it and you just don't like the live cameras thing. Like, I know. You liked it, set it up, got my, my notes I'm trying to make a real, yeah. you know, I like, was
0: so much more an an educator yes. than a content creator. And I used content or, or an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. More than an entertainer. Yeah. Um, and it was probably the circle of coaches that I was, I grew up in the industry they around. They yeah, weren't, that yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah. Influencers wasn't there, you know? So, yeah. um, LA it, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, I, I don't know if I would say instead of Instagram, but I definitely, we've said it multiple times. God, I wish I would have started this earlier. Yeah. Like documenting YouTube and taking it seriously because we're just carrying around your GoPro. At, I mean, when you were younger, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was so many like if you think about all the days of grinding when I lived in that apartment and renting by myself, dude, are all the seminars you're going when you oh, were yeah, like, flying out to Missouri by myself, Florida by myself? Yeah. Fucking but you would have uh, had to edit it, yeah. Too. I mean, all those guys edited their own shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I wish I would have, but if you're listening, you can help us out by going and subscribing <laughs> to the YouTube channel. Hey, right? Amen. Because we're gonna do it more. <laughs> but. Cool. All
1: right. All right, should we move on? So it was, uh next one, it says, Will your bodybuilding
0: coach be on the podcast? Maybe never say never. Yeah. I'll hit him up. Um, we'll, we'll uh, I'll share that one on Instagram and tag him. Uh, so I'm working with Alex Toplin. Um, we're, we're just starting like literally this week is like week one of like integrating a plan. And it's very, um, uh, it, it's, it's a right now it's a coaching collaboration. I would say only because he knows who I am and what I do. And so it was very much so like, all right, you be real with me. Like, where are you at? What are you thinking? And then I'll give you my feedback and everything. Cause it's in october i have a long time so right now it's like hey let's fill out let's eat a little bit more be a little more flexible so i'm not like in diet mode train hard get through this fucking injury which i'm gonna take my stitches out today hopefully it goes well um and uh and then once the prep starts he's gonna take full full board and adjust and obviously like pose wise is like i need to coach bad but yeah um he is, uh, yeah. He's he's got he's got a cool thing going. He he's uh, Christian Guzman's coach as well. I figured if I'm doing Christian Guzman's competition in uh, Houston and Alpha I might as well fucking grab Try. the guy that's taking him. Yeah. And I know he's gonna be there, which is helpful because I wanted a coach to be there with me. Yeah. Um, which is helpful getting pumped backstage, posing, all that kind of stuff. Um, Christian doesn't compete in his own competition, so like I don't have to worry about going against him. Which actually, I think he's like six foot maybe six one mm. so he would be in a higher category than me because i'm five nine so i think it's like it goes by head? yeah usually it's like every like two to three inches it mm. depends on how many competitors sometimes it'll be like you know five five to five ten but if there's a lot it'll be five five to five seven yeah five eight to five yeah. ten like, depends yeah but i'm definitely not in the six foot number category which is great because guys who are six foot make me look tiny yeah so that's good but yeah he might be on i think it'd be cool
1: good question All right, next question says, how's your finger?
0: My finger is fucked. It's, you know, it's actually, it's it's doing better. Um, I I was training a little bit yesterday for the first time, like actually training. um, And I was doing way better with it, man. I think think we're in a good spot. It's basically, today's day 10 as we're recording this. So we're recording this on Wednesday, which means I'm hopefully going to go get my stitches taken out. But I'm not going to the doctor because... We're going to go and do it then. So it's actually funny because, um, so we went to the emergency room, obviously when it yeah. happened and copays are just insane. Mm-hmm. $200 for a copay there, at least for me. Yeah. My insurance. So I have great insurance, but I was like, God damn, that's expensive as fuck. Obviously I needed to go there. And then he was like, all right, we'll come back in a couple days and we'll clean it out. And I'm like, for $200. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, what's the cleaner? My wife will clean it out. I'm totally yeah. fine. me mean, Chan's like, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine he's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, take it out in 7 to 10 days. We'd recommend 10 just to be safe. Uh, come in on the 10th day and we'll take it out. I was like, for $200? Yeah. I'll take them out myself. <laughs> and Shannon first is like, no way you're doing that. Like, I'm not letting that happen. And then he like laughed and he was like, honestly, I don't blame you. Like, most people do it. He's like, as long as you don't get grossed out, you'll be fine. Snip it with uh, sewing scissors and then just tweeze. Is that what you're going to do? So I was going to, but um, my dad... I totally forgot my dad called me and uh, his girlfriend is, is like, she's got her like fucking masters eight, 10 years or something. She's, I don't know what she does, but she's in, um, cause she's not just a nurse practitioner. She's like way up now. Yep. Um, and she was like, I've taken out a million stitches, in my career. She's been doing it for decades. You know, so she was like, I'll do it. And I was like, all right. Uh, so I'm going to drive out the Federway today. And I was just like, I would rather you do it just so I don't like twinge and like, fucking rip it or yep. or oh. she goes to look at it and it's like yeah you, you don't want to take those out yet yeah. you know but um i think it's good i mean i think it's fine it's been i still don't have finger uh feeling and tip of my finger so I'm, I'm pretty damn sure i damaged a nerve yeah uh which is weird because it's happened at the knuckle and i can feel everything <laughs> but the tip of my finger has That's so weird it has no feeling like the <laughs> weirdest thing is when i go to like so when i was taking a shower i keep my hand up so i don't get it soaking wet and when i put my hand on the wall yeah I can't feel the wall, but I can feel <laughs> pressure internally because I'm pushing on something. Yeah. It is the weirdest feeling, bro. That's weird. So, I mean, it's my left pinky, and I'm right-handed, so I guess it's like the least important finger I have. So, is what it is, but... All right. Getting through it. Um, All right, next question says, best
1: way to transition into a reverse after a cut?
0: I think it depends on the person. Um, there's a lot of mixed... Um I mean shit. Talk about YouTube. Go check out my YouTube video on this because uh it's probably one of our most popular views, tens of thousands of views, and everybody comments on it. It's like, thank you for making a bless you. Ooh. Thank you for making a um a reverse diet video that's less than five minutes because all of them are so long. Yeah. Which is funny because we didn't intend for that. But um basically the best way to reverse diet after a cut is going to be dependent on the Basically the individual, um, because everybody has a different metabolic response to things. So when I'm reverse dieting somebody, I'm looking at the, when we look at first and foremost, the individual from a physical or physiological perspective, how did their body adapt during the diet? So if I dropped, could I, So, some people you could drop 5% of calories during a diet and they start losing weight. And it's like, like I've had guys more often than women, but I've had people where I'm like, all right, we're going to drop 10% of calories, and then they lose 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week, which is what the goal is, right? Let's, for a random person, let's say it's, like, 0.8. Three, usually it's, like, 0.75 to 1.5 pounds is usually, like, like, a good average. So, let's say they lose a pound uh, every week, and I don't touch their macros for fucking four months. Like, some people, they just, it's just so easy. It's, like, tweak, and as long as they stay consistent, it just keeps on dropping. Um maybe I add more steps, better sleep, whatever. But like for the most part, we don't have to touch too much. Whereas some people I have to like be finicky with their calories. I got to use more diet breaks, cycle their calories up and down. So it depends. Everybody's metabolic response to a diet and to adjustments of the diet is so different that how I reverse diet you is going to be based on that. If your metabolism was extremely adaptive, then I am going to probably ramp you up a little bit quicker. If your metabolism was, uh, I'm sorry, if your metabolism was not adaptive, because it it, it really depends on, like, how fast the person's comfortable with gaining weight afterwards, too, which would be the next part, and that's more psychological than anything. But if somebody's, uh, like, on the way down, they adapt really well to the diet, um, that's not a good thing, right? So if if I drop your calories 10%, and you lose a little bit for one or two weeks, and then your body stalls. It tells me that I have to make bigger drops in calories, and it also tells me that your body's kind of stubborn, losing weight. But that's could be, it's not always the case, but it could be because your t- metabolism is adaptive. Some people, it's just consistency issues and has nothing to do with any of the science. But if I drop your calories and your body adapts quickly and stops losing weight, well then most likely if it is the metabolism that is adaptive, I could bump up your calories and your body adapts quickly and doesn't gain weight. Because as it adapts going upward, your movement, your NEAT, your BMR, your sleep, your training, thermic effect food, all these things respond really good. So you might be a hyper responder to to a reverse diet and I might go quicker. Versus if if I dropped your calories and you just kept losing and it was easy, you might actually have a tougher time reverse dieting Because if I uh, bump up your calories, your body doesn't adapt, you don't move more, you don't burn more calories, then that weight just sticks. So I might go slower with the person who had an easier time dieting down, and I might go faster with the person that had a harder time (laughs) dieting down, which is actually great too because if you have a harder time dieting down, it might have been more frustrating, which means we can get you out of the diet quicker, which is going to be less frustrating, which so it kind of balances itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, The other aspect is like, you know, for me, uh, post-show, for example, in October, I'll probably go pretty quickly because I'm not trying to stay that lean. So it's like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of this deficit. I'm cool with that. But for somebody who, you know, lost 20 pounds and is finally at their body, they're not shredded, but they're at the body they want. We might go slower because it's like, hey, you're not in a like metabolically compromised state or unhealthy state. So why don't we just go slow? So a lot of people talk about how reverse dieting is stupid now. And they say like, why are you going slow when you could just bump your calories up? You're going to end up there anyway. Like, if your maintenance is 2000 and you take fucking eight weeks to get there versus two weeks, no matter what, you're going to gain the same amount of weight. And to an extent that might be true, but in situations where people don't get absolutely shredded, it's not true. And in that eight week period, you can actually build muscle. You can form new habits. You can ease into it. So psychologically it's easier. You don't binge as much because of that psychological ease. And therefore, and people don't think about this who are only looking at research or only doing research because they don't actually coach. But if, I take eight weeks to get there and I can control it better. You might have less binge episodes. And if you have less binge episodes, you actually followed those calories the whole time. Versus somebody who went fast, if it was too aggressive and they actually binge, and they didn't tell their coach and their coach is like, I don't understand. You gained a lot of weight and you shouldn't because we're at maintenance. Like, yeah, because they're not telling you about their weekends because psychologically they were not ready to increase calories. Yeah. And instead of increasing their calories with more oatmeal and chicken breast, not together because that's a weird combo, but they went and had... burger or Ben and Jerry's or Chipotle and tried to guesstimate and they chose foods that were highly processed, highly palatable, hard to control, hard to track. And it just was inaccurate. So there's a lot of it depends factors. I'm still a fan of going slow for anybody who's not shredded to the point where they're having hormonal or like metabolic issues. Because if you're not, it's going to be easier psychologically and you're going to be more likely to sustain a a weight that you actually want to stay at. Yeah, for sure. But that's coaching versus science, you know?
1: Cool. All right. We will go to the next question. It says, is there any evidence on the benefits for fat loss of taking carnitine, carnitine, carnitine before fasted walks?
0: There is a very, very tiny amount of benefit. Um, stuff like this is tough because, uh, I'm not super, super well-versed on quarantine because it's it's one of those ones where I did do a lot of deep dives in once upon a time, and then it just kind of got debunked over and over again, so I stopped really worrying about it. But I believe this is one of those ones that plays with a little bit of the blood-brain barrier um, and neurotransmitters in the brain stuff, which basically means in order for a nutrient to pass the blood-brain barrier, you have to have a certain amount, you have to be in a certain environment, so on and so forth. Um, and sometimes that means you're just not going to get much out of it. This is why, like some people have actually even injected carnitine, which I wouldn't recommend, but to try to get through the blood-brain barrier quicker. But essentially, carnitine can act as a way to increase lipolysis, or the uh, the way your body utilizes fat for fuel, is essentially the idea. And there is some research to support that. Um, in a fasted state, if you use carnitine, it might cause this shift in metabolic flexibility to allow you to burn more fat. Um, than carbs and fuel the problem with it mainly is is that no matter what you do if you train in a fasted state or you're trying to do cardio in a fasted state at the end of the day calories are going to be equated the same so what that means is basically if i do fasted cardio i will probably burn more fat as fuel during that cardio session because i haven't eaten yet which means glycogen that i had carbs that i had from yesterday and everything has been stored as glycogen muscle cell liver so on and so forth i'm going to primarily use stored fat However, what your body does, because it's so goddamn smart, is it will upregulate its use of, car- of uh, carbs for fuel, so glycogen, in the body throughout the day because you utilize more f- fat for fuel in the morning. So, yeah, you, you burn more fat during that cardio session, but then you ate food throughout yeah. the day. And now your body's going to start pulling from the carbs in that food for fuel versus the fat versus if you did regular cardio, your body might actually pull more fat as fuel throughout the day for, because this right now is low-intensity movement and activity right? Versus training in the gym and hard is carbs. That's high intensity intervals. So your body has this way of essentially equalizing and balancing out. It's just too smart for us to like optimize that, you know? Yep. So every study they've done, it's been equated at the end of the day because calorie expenditure. So they'll do a short-term study where they go, okay, we're going to do fasted cardio versus fed cardio. And we're going to test what they use mainly for fuel in this moment. And they'll see more fat used as fuel on the people who do fasted cardio. But when they started testing those people at the end of the day to see who had more calories burned on a day-to-day basis, it always equaled out. So it's kind of pointless. So even if carnitine does help do that, your body's going to balance itself out at the end of the day. The thing I would say about carnitine that could be beneficial, um, and I would go to, like, if you go to examine.com and look up carnitine, I believe we put carnitine on the supplement index. You can also go to ours. Um, in the free guide section or the free tool section, there's a supplement uh, database and we have all these supplements that we just kind of keep adding to basically as, as we get more research on certain things and we can break it down and give you recommendations on what to get and so on and so forth. But um, the one thing I would say is there might be a uh, more of like a neurotropic effect from it. So there is some research to support like if you are working early in the morning on a fasted stomach, maybe you take carnitine from a productivity perspective. Uh, but not necessarily to lose more fat. So, um, I wouldn't bet on it. Totally. Yeah. Definitely a waste. Like if you spend $30 a month on carnitine, you could spend that $30 a month on something better. Yeah. Pre-workout creatine fish oil or go to the movies with your wife and have fun for an hour. (laughs) I went to the movies last night. Did you? The first time in four years. I was about to say, dude, I haven't been to a movie theater in so long. Yeah. There's a couple new movies coming out for kids that I want to like take Blakely to. That's but what I went to. Would you go to Super Mario brother, Brothers? That's one of the ones.
1: <laughs> it was so stupid, oh, but it, but I laughed. Which, I definitely laughed. It's Jack Black, uh, Chris Pratt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he I just walked. Jack out. Black's Wario, right? No. Or is he Bowser? There is no Wario, and uh, oh, there's no Wario. Yeah, and it's Bowser. Okay. Yeah. Um, then Chris Pratt is Mario. Correct. Oh uh
1: your, your favorite would be Luigi, uh the dude from Always Sunny. Yes.
0: Uh, uh not Charlie Day. Yes. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was somebody from there, but I was I was gonna say uh Mac, but it, it's I don't nope. remember his real name. But yeah. Charlie Day. That's so dope. Yeah. Um Always Sunny for the Love is fucking hilarious. Absolutely. Do you go with kids or just by yourself? I mean, Who, what I, kids would I go with? I don't know, like cousins or nephews or nope, something. Just me and Joe's. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I mean, there's like, you know, you get to a certain age, whether you have kids or not, you get to a certain age where you, you're still interested in seeing some kid movies. Well, I mean, yeah. Because that's technically. It's like, Mario. Like, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's from your child. There was, yeah. like, the Power Ranger movie came out, and I was like, part Recently? of me wants to see that shit. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Oh. But I heard it was really bad, so I didn't go see it. But I was like, part of me wants to watch that because no. it's Power Rangers. Yeah. I grew up watching Power Rangers a yeah. lot. Or, like, like
1: Ninja Turtles or something.
0: Ninja Turtles would be dope. I've seen those. All of them. Oh, yeah.
1: But all right. Last one. It is not a question. It says, this is not a real question, but this latest podcast episode with Mike Dola was extremely valuable. Thank you. Let's go.
0: Um. Yeah, it was awesome. That's really cool because it just fucking aired. Yep. Like hours ago. <laughs> so people are always getting, I mean, it came out today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just posted these before we got in here. Yeah. So that's sick. Um, very, very helpful podcast, uh, for business owners and for anybody looking for a coach because you can see what great coaching looks like. He's not in the industry anymore. Um, he sold his company, uh, Stronger You, but he had a massively successful nutrition coaching company. And we just talk about what makes a great coach great. Um, and that's the reason we had him podcast. Me and him have been just talking and cl- like just bullshitting every couple of weeks and, um, He's a good dude. And it's a really cool podcast. So go check that out, whether you're a coach or not. Um, And make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're going to be putting more content out there. And uh, I'm really, really focused on building the personal brand because I think that now is a time in my life where it's a little bit easier to do. There's a little bit more stability. Blakely's in school. The business is set in stone here. We have like systems and roles and I don't know. The business is in a good place where like it makes sense. You yeah. know, I'm not like all over the place as much as I, most entrepreneurs are when they're trying to figure shit out. Um and I'm really focused on that. So, uh and I think people can vo- get value out of that. It's probably the reason why I'm doing the show. It's just a show that like you can do crazy, you can set crazy goals and get shit done even if you have a lot going on, yeah. you know? So, there's been time when you would not be able to do that show. Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. 100%. That's why I haven't done one since 2014. <laughs> yeah. But um all right guys, well, we appreciate you listening and we will catch you next time.